This is Dance Talk Radio, brought to you by PhiladelphiaDance.org, your one-stop spot for everything dance in Philly. I am your host, Charles Tyson Jr., and today I am thrilled to sit down and chat with our guest. She is a dynamic performer. She is a wonderful choreographer. She is an actor. She is just fierce. She is the creator of the Reclamation Dance Project. Sophie Ann Mahalia is in the house. Good morning, Sophie Ann. How you doing? Hey, <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> <sighs> so... Tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, I came across you, uh, I was looking through the Fringe Guide, looking for, you know, what's going on. And I came across Reclamation Dance Project and and your upcoming show. And I was like, I need to talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, tell me. I read up on, on the company and says, through African-fused movements, we delve deeply into themes such as ancestry and reclaiming oneself outside the realms of society standards of what and who a Black woman is. TRDP provides a safe space for Black women to feel seen, heard, supported, and open doors to healing through dance. Now, you know I want, to, want you to expand on that. <laughs> <laughs> so this company, which actually just started during uh, COVID, during quarantine, is mm. really, it started off just as a dance video project and developed into a company where I wanted there to be space for us to talk about the things that aren't normally talked about when it comes to black women and specifically the stereotypes that we deal with and mm. that we hold inside and that no one wants to, I don't want to say no one wants to hear, but you just don't want to take the time to understand. Right. So I wanted to talk about those things through dance, especially during a time when it was around when Breonna Taylor um, was murdered mm. and she hardly got any coverage. No one took time to really, you know, take care of her after she died. Right. It most likely didn't take time to take care of her the way they should have while she was here. So I wanted a project that spoke on that, but also spoke on the other lives that are still here. The black women, the black girls that deal with so much stuff in America. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, I'm still dealing with the fact that uh, it's a novel thing now for the news to cover uh, when something happens to a black woman or that an Amber Alert comes out for black girls now. It's like... That shouldn't be striking to me, but you know, exactly. That's 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 where we are. Exactly. Um, so that's exciting. You, I, I was checking out your your website and your choreography, and uh, first of all, I, I know you're uh, an Umfundula girl. <laughs> <laughs> I am. <laughs> 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 alums in the house hey let's go oh my god i'm so excited yeah um i i was in k and co carrie almond company in lord 99 2000 yes 99 2000 <laughs> something like that uh, and you are a certified instructor yes I'm still a Machine Wuti. Okay. I have to go further my training, but I'm so excited to be Machine Wuti, and I'm very grateful to have had that certification. Fabulous, fabulous. That means you're putting in the work. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that's one thing uh, in your work. 
I love how you are able to uh, weave in the movements of Mfundala along with um, whacking and and more um, uh, classical, uh, quote unquote, classical movement idioms into your work. And it's all it all comes out very fluid and dynamic and and complete. I do. I do love that. I checked out the two works in spe- in particular. Uh, one was a duet called I Am, which it's funny. I watched it last night with the sound off and was just brought in by the movement. And I was able to feel the rhythms in the movement. And then this morning I watched it with the sound on with the el- added element of the spoken word. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> um, talk to me about that work a mm. little bit. That work, oh man, that was some years ago. I am. It was my residency at UMA. And I feel like that was like one of my first like big times to be like, oh, I'm going to make choreography. What do I want to talk about? And I think that was my first journey into discovering or reclaiming myself from what I think society wants me to be or how I'm supposed to move or how I'm supposed to feel. I got mm. to talk about what it feels like to be a black woman or just to be in love or just to like have pain that no one wants to see. Mm-hmm. And I had the chance to put it out there. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Um, I enjoyed that work a lot. And then the other piece that I, that I watched was a Chicago boy. And that was fierce. <laughs> it was you on one side of the stage and the whole thing was essentially like silhouette and it was you on one side of the stage in a chair and then uh, a male figure on the other side in a chair and then he gets up and starts playing the trumpet and then you guys dance together. I'm just Okay, we're just doing all the things today. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about like how you were a how you influence like live music performance into your into your choreography like talk to me about that work a little bit uh it's interesting that you bring that work up that work was actually like the beginning of my blossoming relationship with my boyfriend now michael anthony clark who's a musician and Mm. in that time i think i really just like i think it was my form of showing my love for him in like letting him know where my feelings were, but at the same time, finding a way to expand my artistry because I also wanted to play with being able to do dance, not just recorded music, but with live music as well. And it just so happened, all that happened at the same time and it became that beautiful piece. Okay. I, I, I was digging it. I was digging it. That was one I started, <laughs> I watched it again. I watched it last night with the sound off and then I, I made myself stop because I'm like, I'm going to need to listen to this one too. <laughs> so I watched it this morning and yeah, it was beautiful. Um, and one thing I enjoyed um, going back to I am, it was a moment that, that struck me. Like there was this full body joy in watching you, perform the movement but then there were moments when it it seeped into your face and it was like i'm not even sure you knew you were doing it but like this little smile just popped out you're like yeah i am doing this i am in this moment <laughs> i thoroughly enjoyed it um talk to me a little bit about your dance journey like um 
How'd we get here? <laughs> How did we get here? Well, starting off, I'm from Hartford, Connecticut. Mm. Um, born and raised there. My mother's son, Lucia, my dad's Jamaican. So they're both immigrants. They um, came to Connecticut. And when I was younger, uh, my mom saw that I loved to dance in the kitchen, in the living room, anywhere I was, I wanted to dance. I used to tell her, she always told me this, and love to tell my friends. I would tell her, call me Madonna. Because I always knew I wanted to be a performer. <laughs> right, right. I was always performing. I love Madonna. And also, I love Janet Jackson at the time, too, as well. And so, at first, she was going to put me in gymnastics. But gymnastics was very expensive. So, then she put me in dance. And at that point, I went to Artist Collective, Inc. in Hartford, Connecticut, where they have dance, martial arts, theater, visual arts, all things. And... It was great. It was a great community to be in because it was also run. Um, it was black owned, mm-hmm. so I had a community of black people I could be with and learn from. Learn about my African history as well. I learned African, West African ballet, modern hip hop, tap, jazz. But the whole faculty was black people, and I feel like that was a great influence on my dance journey. Just being able to see people in the field that I wanted to be in, and knowing that it's possible. And after that, I went, first of all, I went to UConn to be a pediatrician. And mm-hmm. that was like, that was a, like a sideways just journey. But my friend Georgia helped me realize, was like, you're a beautiful dancer. Why aren't you dancing? I'm like, you're right. Why am I not dancing? So that took me to Philadelphia. That's a good and answer. I, <laughs> right? <laughs> it was simple as that. But, you know, as a, a child of immigrants, you believe that you should either be a lawyer or you should be a doctor, things like that. But... Just her once, I just like, why aren't you dancing? It was just like, why am I not dancing? <laughs> so I picked my dancing back up, moved to Philly, got to Temple University. To where you? I- <laughs> yes, to you. <laughs> and uh, that's why I trained with Mama Karyamu. I trained with Shanice Kemp, Dara Stevens Meredith, uh, Kamal Nance, uh, so many people, Queen Young, so many people, Jillian Harris. And you got Robin. brought up right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so many great people, and within that, even D2D, during my uh, temple years, D2D, Dance Dance, I got to do more housing and whacking. I did it in Connecticut with Jolette Query, which was fantastic, but coming over here into this new community that I didn't know of, they brought me into their dance company, and I got to work on my house and work on my whacking mm-hmm. and work on my hip-hop and be able to broaden what I thought my dance artistry was. Nice. I saw in um, in your listing of influences, I saw Vince Johnson's name. Did you study with Vince? Yeah, so Vince, I, I love tell. Vince so much. <laughs> <laughs> Vince was the one that gave me and Julian Darden our residency at UMA. And then after that, he's the one who gave me a job at UMA. I started teaching Afro hip hop. And then it turned to Afro hit. And so I've taken a break a little bit, but... I'm going to pick it back up hopefully this fall or within the winter time. Vince is that guy. Yeah, yeah. You know about Vince? You better find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. I has he learned to fly yet? Because <laughs> honestly, truly, I'm not surprised if he doesn't know how to do it already. You know, he's probably like two steps away from it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I love it. So, um. Talk to me about, <laughs> I'm going to set you up. So tell me how you feel when I say the word Mfundula. Mm. I'm not going to lie. I remember reading your email and 
actually read it today too again to know what the things we were talking about and just thinking about Mofundula kind of makes me teary-eyed um just because of Mama Kariamu and yeah. you know her passing last uh, October but it makes me it's bittersweet because I love Mofundula so much and I love Mofundula so much because of her hmm. and um it's had a big influence on my artistry it's given me more African history that I never knew I could learn and it helps me realize how fortunate I am to know my African history compared mm. like some people don't know as much as many things that I do or people in the Mufundula community know. Mm-hmm. Like when I teach it and when I talk about it, it's like a breath of fresh air when I give it to other people and it's like an aha moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Mufundula, I ain't gonna lie, Mufundula has taken me places, honey. Right out of college, Mama Karyamu had me in her uh clothesline muse yes that was her national tour and she gave me the opportunity to tour with her and i worked with jazz singer nina freelon it was Mm. so amazing and to be able to come out of college and just jump right in like mafundula has brought so many opportunities and so many beautiful people into my life that i am forever grateful for mafundula and mamakariyamu Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was, you know, when I started, I started dancing basically at Temple. I'm 19. I know nothing. <laughs> and, <laughs> and once I got into Mama Carrie class, like that was the one time where it felt like I already knew this. Like it was already mm-hmm. in my body. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, Nigerian stomp. Got you. <laughs> yes. Get Nigerian stomp. Yes. Now, don't ask me to point a foot because we're still working on that, but I got you. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah, there is a joy that comes from dancing the technique and teaching the technique. Mm -hmm. And it's going to find a way in your work, whether you actually want it to or not. (laughs) Look, okay. Mufundula has a strong influence. And I love the saying that Mufundula meets you where you're at. Yes. And that's the truest statement that has ever been made. And I love that and I appreciate that. And thank goodness, because where I was at when it met me. (laughs) 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 So um, you said that the company started off as a video project. Yes. Um, So you're also a filmmaker or was that a collaboration or yes? (laughs) (laughs) So it was a collaboration because, uh, yeah, I'm not a filmmaker. I will not claim that. Mm-hmm. I worked with um, RBK Visuals with Kai, and he's amazing, amazing with film. And so I just created the piece. I told him my concept, and at that point, he ran with it. When it came to like the filming and transitions and editing, I just let him have his own artistry on that. Mm. I definitely I love being able to work with other artists, but also when I work with other artists, let their own artistry show within the work. Yeah, I like it. So you were basically the director. Yeah. Okay. All right. I dig it. I love it. It's it's weird to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's because film dance for film is its own animal, Mm -hmm. you know, because well, for one thing, when you choreograph for the stage, you know, that's front. Right. There is no front with, with film. It opens you up, which is a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. But my the one thing I do love, and I said this before, uh, film versus stage, 
is, you know, when you're on the stage, you, you have that one shot and it's either right or it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> but with film, it's like, oh, that wasn't right. Take two. Right. <laughs> and the one Take that's perfect four. is perfect forever. <laughs> exactly. That's the only thing I will say I love about dance film. You're like, oh, I don't like how that looks. Let's do that again. Mm-hmm. But on stage, you got to have it right there, right then. Right. And, you know, that's another blessing and a curse. It's like, okay, it drives you for that sense of perfection. Yeah. But then also, when you have the audience with you, you know, if it ain't right, they don't know. Right, they don't know. You know, unless you tell them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, at that point, just tell them on yourself. (laughs) Right, exactly. So um, is film and video a component of an ongoing component in your work so actually it is for this um show outside your expectations i have decided to put in more video film um parts in it so within that i'm doing live dance performance and the videos are of all the people that i've interviewed all the black women that i've interviewed for this project i've interviewed about 27 of them Mm. and they just share their experiences on um being stereotyped from childhood to adulthood how it's shaped their lives um, what they think about therapy, what they mm. want people to know about the black woman's experience in America, and so much more. I love that you mentioned um, therapy because in the black community in particular, mental health care is just now starting to become destigmatized. Yes. You know, and it's like I've I've said publicly that I believe a big part of reparations to be free mental health care for every black person. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know? Just starting from the top before we get into anything else. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about it. Okay. Cause <laughs> who I am grateful for therapy. Cause. Oh, am I? <laughs> right, Cause you don't know what's in there until you start. You could start on a, and then G pops out. <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know, and it's very important. Has has um, has that has mental health care influenced your, your work? Well, obviously, this upcoming piece, but like in general, do you, have you felt like a, an evolution? Um, I honestly feel like me going to therapy helped influence my project as well. Okay. Just because I, I started going to therapy during COVID as well. So you had COVID going on, the pandemic, and then everything with Black Lives Matter movement and um, being murdered excessively more. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up developing allergies. And it was just a combination of so many things happening at the same time. And therapy was there for me to like be able to dump it all out and figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. And Having that chance to have therapy and talk it out was so important to me and knowing that I was able to have it for free when other people can't have it for free or aren't afforded that same thing. I felt like it was an important thing to talk about. Oh, yeah. And I think your story is not uncommon in that people discovered therapy (laughs) during the pandemic because, yeah, we're all locked up, you know, and isolated Mm -hmm. And so there's that toll on your mental health. And then, you know, for most of us, we had lives that suddenly just stopped. Mm 
<laughs> you know, it's like, well, who am I if I'm not going and doing and being the thing right. all the time? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, all the things that were happening, mm-hmm. George Floyd, like uh, just police brutality in general. And so much. Yeah, we that's I think was one of the if you can call it a blessing is that people turn to their own their own self-care in in so many ways but mental health care in particular and it's very important it's very important it's so important it's so important and even with the black you know in the black community and the stigma of oh you shouldn't go to therapy uh pray it away things like that it's like tell people your business don't tell people your business y'all i've heard that one like don't tell people your business so i feel like i had that instilled in me and i feel like COVID did give me that chance. Is it the silver lining of COVID? It gave mm-hmm. me that chance to be like, you know what? I gotta talk to somebody. Yeah. Because I'm not about to hold this all in. And especially with one of the stereotypes with black women is like we have to be the strong black woman. We can't show that we're hurting and we're feeling all these feelings and we just have to be there and be strong and just like push it off to the side. And right. I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore. And that's that's another thing that's been uh brought up is how the image of the quote-unquote strong black woman is not necessarily a good thing it's it's harmful to a degree because you know there's still that idea of black people and our capacity for pain anyway and then when you you add that element well she can take it she's a strong black woman you know it's like you have that lesser regard for empathy I think exactly, and it's so funny that you say that because a lot of the interviewers that I talk to, they talk about that. I was like, we can't be strong all the time. Yeah, no one can. Um, no one can, and to expect the black woman who's also like at the bottom of the bottom, you expect mm. us to be strong for everyone else. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. Right. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there's also that that trope of like, you know, black women are going to fix it. Black women gonna fix it, yes. Like, look at the last election. <laughs> Black women fixed it. <laughs> we gonna fix it. It's yeah. like in that we need care too. Right. We right. deserve to be soft. We deserve an easy life. We Hell shouldn't yeah. have to be on go for everyone every second of every day. Well, yeah, because there was a controversy. I love how this is where our conversation went. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, there was a controversy surrounding the, the the women who were the heads of the Black Lives Matter movement having uh, meetings, like, in tropical islands and, you know, oh, they're spending money on hotels and tropical. Um, why not? If I'm going to sit and talk about righting the wrongs of racism and sexism and police brutality, I think it's better to do it in a nice, comfy setting, you know? <laughs> I mean, I would love it in a comfy setting because they're talking about hard things. They're trying to make change. And now, I mean, if the money is coming from the fund that's supposed to help create the change, I don't know. I don't know about all that. But, you know, most likely, no, they have to pay themselves. They're, they're working through this um, movement, through these protests, these things like that. I don't see why it's being nitpicked where they're doing it. Well, right. It's this mindset of like, you know, you have to suffer. You have to you have to stay 
stay in the trenches 24-7, otherwise you don't have any authenticity. And it's like, well, that's not human. Right. We all deserve, like I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. We all deserve softness. We deserve easy life. And like, if we're going to talk about these hard things, these hard topics that we're trying to change and find solutions for, that's already draining in itself. Mm-hmm. And to be in that atmosphere as well is on a whole nother level. But being able to be in somewhere where you can be like, okay, we're talking about these serious things. We're going to make this change. We're going to change for the future. But also, I'm making sure I'm doing my self-care as well mm-hmm. and what I need for myself while I'm doing this for everyone else. Because one can argue, you know, your strength is meaningless if you don't if you don't have vulnerability to, you know, counteract it. Right. You know, it's like strength is nothing without, you know, weakness or vulnerability and vice versa. It's like the light is not means nothing if there's not an equal amount of darkness to make it worth mm-hmm. itself. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So, yeah, it's expecting people to be one thing like one of my best personal quotes is no one is always anything ever. Mm. You know? Because that's that's just not how walking on this planet works. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Anything that doesn't grow is dead. Mm. Anything that doesn't grow is dead. I need to write these down. That ain't me. That's Lauren Hill. That's Lauren Hill. Um, oh, another fun little tidbit in your resume that I came across. You performed at the Rocky Awards. What? When was this? Rocky Awards. Rocky Awards. That was, was that 2019? Okay. Or is 2022? I remember when I did the Rocky Award, I did that with Julian Darden. Mm-hmm. But I vaguely remember the conversation of COVID coming up mm. and it being like this new thing that was spreading. So I feel like it was maybe early 2020. Okay. Yeah. Rocky Awards. Oh, that was so much fun. Um, It's a good gig. First of all, it's a good gig. Uh, (laughs) When I was asked to do it, Julian and I, we had our Afro hip hop class. And just just being able to go in there and perform and be in front of new audience members, part of the UMA community, because I believe it was Lily that got us into the Rocky Awards. Mm -hmm. And when you say UMA... Oh, you know, um, Urban Movement Arts. Okay. Vincent Johnson, you know. <laughs> As one clarification for everyone. <laughs> but, yeah, they got me in there. And I feel like a lot of my work and a lot of my artistry comes from community. Mm. And being able to work with my community, love on my community, care for my community, and us care for each other. Mm. So being able to do the Rocky Awards was a fantastic time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where was it held when you were there? I think it was at Fringe. Okay. Yeah, Fringe Arts. Okay. Yeah, because I haven't been in a minute. The last time I was there, it was a space that doesn't even exist anymore, child. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know how, how Philadelphia, like, morphs. Like, oh, yeah. I, every time I go in, in Center City, it's, it's like, well, that wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd that go? <laughs> That's how I feel about Temple. I don't know. I say, like, oh, there's a new library. Okay, like, where's the building that I was? Because when I started dancing over there, D two D didn't have their space yet. They had like two buildings up there. I forgot the name of them, but we were dancing in the hallway, honey. And then to come back, and I was like, oh, it's a, it's a new library. Yeah, 
Oh, this library nice. How come I didn't happen? I was here. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget. It was um, I think it was twenty fourteen that I did uh, an alumni show there. My company and two other alumni fam. And I I got off the train at Temple Station to go to Conwell, and all of a sudden I'm like, wait, am I lost? <laughs> How am I lost? I spent so much of my time here, and I don't recognize where I'm at right now. <laughs> I had to stop and look for a landmark. <laughs> It'd be like that. I'd be like, wait a minute, uh-uh, everything's changed. Just don't look right. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Someone help me. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna just keep walking till I hit Broad Street. Then I'll be all right. <laughs> My goodness. Um. So you talked about your upcoming show, uh, Outside Your Expectations. Tell me, what, what, when is that? When is that coming? Outside Your Expectations will be showing from September 15th through 17th at Icebox Project Space. Okay. And where is Icebox Project Space? 1400 North American Street. Okay. I'm going to do my best to come and check it out. Oh, I would love <laughs> for you to come. Yeah. Yes. Um. Well, thank you very much for sitting and chatting with me. This has been delightful. Yeah, I had a great time. Look, I love a good laugh. I love great energy. You have a wonderful energy. Well, thank you. So do you. Yes. And uh, I'm gonna keep my eye on you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been Dance Talk Radio, sponsored by PhiladelphiaDance.org, your one-stop spot for everything dance in Philly. If you are a dancer in Philadelphia or you love a dancer in Philly, please take the time to visit PhiladelphiaDance.org and click on the Become a Member button and take advantage of all the benefits that come from being a member of Dance in Philly. Once again, my name is Charles Tyson Jr., and you have a wonderful day.